Thank you for listening to Connection Church's podcast. This week, Brandon Williams continues his series, Momentum. He challenges us with the idea that a burden to pray comes from a burden for God's people. He explains that we can never grow closer to God and care less for His people. We're going to continue this series, Momentum, today. It's a series looking at uh, prayer and, and looking at actually the prayer from Nehemiah chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. We're going to be reading that in just a moment. Um, the prayer right there is in Nehemiah chapter 1. Um, and we'll be reading that. The words will actually be up on the screen too from the scripture. If you don't have your Bible, um, you can read them there. But uh, we're going to read this. I want to set it up for you real quick though. Nehemiah um, had actually, he was a Jew. He had been uh, one of God's children. He had been taken captive by the Babylonians. They had taken him um, captive and, and he's in Babylon. And they come to him, some of his friends, um, his cousin, they come to him, of his brothers, comes and says, Nehemiah, listen. Um, and he asked them, like, what's going on? What's going on back in Jerusalem? Um, and he said, the ones who were there, the ones that were left, the remnant that remained in Jerusalem, Nehemiah, it's not good. The walls are torn down. The city's destroyed. And this is where we're picking up in this story with Nehemiah. Is he's just found out this news that the city of Jerusalem is literally in ruins, that, that the people of God, the children of God, have become a laughingstock to everyone around him. And Nehemiah goes on later, and he, he does a great work of rebuilding the walls around the city. But what we're walking into right now is where Nehemiah is literally crying out to God. He's just found out this horrible news about Jerusalem, and literally his heart breaks. And we're going to continue looking at this today uh, through uh, his prayer and through the things that he prayed. And there's so much we can learn from his prayer about prayer. And and today we're going to continue looking at that. So if you will join me, Nehemiah chapter one, we're actually going to read all 11 verses of chapter one and read this prayer that he prayed. Nehemiah 1.1, it says, the words of Nehemiah, son of Hekeliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hannah and I, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I've chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people who you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. Let's pray, Lord, today, um, God, I just pray that you would set our hearts on fire for you, that as we look at this prayer, God, we would be drawn 
into prayer, into a conversation with you, to talk to you, to be in your presence, to hear your voice, to know you, Lord. God, I just pray right now that, that as we go into this, we would not just go through the motions, but that, God, your spirit would be very active and alive, working in us to change us, to do an awesome work, to lead us away from ourselves and this world and closer to you. God, just do something that only you can do. Change our hearts and make them more like yours. God, we love you and we praise you for being good to us. We thank you for Jesus and the forgiveness of sins. And we ask, God, that you would just quicken your word to our spirit now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, about once a year, uh, every year, it seems like, God gives me um, one very, very good reason to be appreciative of my occupation as a pastor. Believe it or not, I do work other days than Sunday. I know some people don't believe it. I actually do work um, more than one day a week. Um, and, but, but it makes me very thankful for my occupation. And the one thing that he typically does every time, once a year, usually when it's really hot, is he puts me on a roof. For those of you who don't know, like I was in the roofing industry for 10 years before I went into full-time ministry. No, that's not why I went into ministry is to escape the roofing business. Although if I had, it would be very understandable. But I end up on a roof once a year. And a couple of weeks ago when we did the service day, I guess where I ended up doing a roof. So this time it was not a small roof. It wasn't even just a house. It was a hotel. And actually about a 7,000 square foot hotel that we had to put the roof on. And I went out there with a few guys, some college students who some of them had never, I don't think they'd ever seen a shingle except for on a, on, installed on a house. But I got some what I would call good old country boys. You know what I'm talking about? Just good old country boys that came out there and worked like crazy. And we get up there and, and we're tearing off all the shingles, 7,000 square feet, rotten wood everywhere. We had to tear off all the shingles. We had to take off all the rotten wood. We had to put back new wood. We had to put back the new felt, the black stuff that goes on before the shingles. We had to put the new shingles on. We had to do all that. We went out there on a Thursday. We worked Thursday and Friday. And then some more folks came out and helped us on that Sunday when we did the work day. Amazingly, we were able to get two thirds of those shingles put on that hotel. It was absolutely crazy that we got that much done being that very few of us actually knew what in the world we were doing. But I realized through that, that when you have a burden to do something, when God's put a burden in your heart to go and to do something, to make a difference for him, like you can do incredible things. When people get a burden to do something that God has put in their heart to do, when that God has placed something within you that you know, I've got to do this. This is bigger than me. I've got to do this. You can get it done. Those guys came out and they worked so hard. It was unbelievable. I looked down one time and there was a guy, one of our college kids actually coming up the ladder with a chainsaw. I'm like, I've never seen a chainsaw used on a roof before, but this is going to be really, really interesting. But I was, and I was like, where'd you get the chainsaw? He's like, I just keep it in my toolbox. I didn't even ask what he was doing. I don't, like men would carry chainsaws in their trucks. I just like, man, whatever you want to cut down, just go ahead. Just cut it down. You just take it apart. I hear him back there. He's like, wah, wah. I was like, I don't even know. If the building falls, we don't have to roof it. So we'll just see what happens. But he's back there working, man unbelievable but how did it happen it happened because people had a burden how did all the stuff that took place on on the um work day on april the 20th how did all that stuff happen 
Because people had a burden. Why are people going to Honduras in a week or so? Because they have a burden to share the love of Jesus. Why are people going to Haiti in July? Because they have a burden to share the love of Jesus. Why do we do the work? Because we had a burden. Why are people going to the Bahamas? Because they have a burden. Why are we going to Griffin, Georgia? Promise you've been there. Nothing there. Because we have a burden to share the love of Jesus. Why are we here today? Because we have a burden to share the love of Jesus. And I want you to understand, you sit here today because several years ago, now man, it's like crazy to think about it. It's been over three years ago. In a moment of prayer and seeking God, God burdened my heart to start a church in Statesboro, Jordan, Georgia, that would connect unbelievers to God and believers to each other. And out of that burden, we've seen people come to know him. We've seen lives change. But when we get a burden from God, when we begin to be burdened for what burdens him, when our hearts begin to break for what break his, we can do incredible things. If there's anything in the world right now that the church needs, it's not more money, it's not more people. Listen, it is a burden from God. It is to quit walking through the doors of the church week in and week out being content with status quo. Treating Jesus as if he's a lucky rabbit's foot that we pull out of our pocket when we need something. Or treating him like he's the magic genie that we just rub the bottle and hope he comes out and does something for us. Listen, he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings and he is the one that we serve every day of our lives. And when we connect with him through prayer, he begins to burden our heart for what burdens his. And the one thing that burdens God's heart more than anything else are people who are far from him. And so you and I, we need to be praying for, we need to be praying from this burden that God would give us. I told you last week that all spiritual momentum, the reason we named this series Momentum is because all spiritual momentum begins with prayer believe that with all my heart. And here's the thing, when we begin to pray, when we begin to connect with God, God begins to put a burden on our heart. When we look at the scripture, Nehemiah simply asks, this is a guy who obviously is in tune with the Lord. He's praying to God. He talks to God. He hears God. And he simply asks his brother, he's like, listen, what's going on in Jerusalem? And his brother's like, man, it is bad. The walls are torn down. The gates are burned with fire. And the Bible says that Nehemiah literally wept he literally hits his face and he begins to weep over the people over God's city over his 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 kingdom being in shambles and he begins to weep it goes on and when he begins to pray he recognizes the greatness of God as we looked at last week but then he starts to pray for the other people he begins to pray that God would move on their behalf that he would begin to restore them back to um, their, their prominence that he would begin to heal them and heal their land and this is the thing we need to see that Nehemiah because he was in tune with God because he had a relationship with God he had a burden for God's people And I thought about this this week. When is the last time we were truly burdened for God's people? When was the last time we walked through the doors of the church and it wasn't about what we were going to get, but about what we were going to give? 
When was the last time we were so burdened for the hurting and the loss and the destitute that we had to hit our knees and we had to pray for them or that we were just riding down the road and we began to think about the people in our lives that we know don't love Jesus and we had to pray for them, that we had to go to the Lord out of an anguish for those who don't know him. When was the last time that took place? Because I believe it is a direct indicator of our relationship with Jesus, a direct indicator of our relationship with the Lord, a direct indicator of how connected we are with God. Does our heart break for what breaks his? When we see injustice, are we inflamed with a holy fire that says, we've got to do something about that? When we see people who are lost, are are we brokenhearted? Because we realize, man, eternally, It's not going to be good for them. Are we broken? Are we burdened for those things that burden God? This is what I know that until we are, listen to me, church, listen, until we're burdened, until there is an anguish in our spirit and in our soul that we have got to reach the lost, until there's an anguish in our soul that we need more of God, not, not so that we can be more comfortable, but so we can give more of him away. Until we get to that place, we'll never accomplish the amazing kingdom work that God has for us to do. Until we get our eyes off of ourselves, begin to realize that there are people who are hurting, who are lost, who need Jesus. We'll never accomplish all that God has for us to do. I believe that the key verse in this scripture, and the one I really want to look at today, is in actually in chapter 2 and verse 11. Nehemiah goes to Jerusalem and it says that he goes out um, and, and, and through the city and he's riding and he hasn't told anybody. He's literally carrying this thing around with him and he knows God has called me to go and rebuild these walls. He's called me to go and begin the reconstruction of this city, but he doesn't tell anybody and he goes out and he begins to ride and look and, and, and he's not saying anything. But then this is what it says in verse 11. It says, I went to Jerusalem and after staying there for three days, it goes on. I set out in the, during the night with a few men. I had not told anybody. It's actually in verse 12. I'm sorry. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. So he goes out and he's riding. He hasn't told anybody about it, but he knows there's this burden in his heart. There's this thing in his heart that says, I've got to do something. God has put this in me. And I want to tell you just a couple of things this morning that I believe about this burden from God, that I believe about what God does inside of us that causes us to go and do something that normally we might not even step out and do, that causes us to look to other people and have a heart for the lost. I want to talk to you just a little bit about those things. The first one is this, is that this burden, Nehemiah says, out of his own mouth was given to him by God. This burden comes from God. We will never have a burden for other people until we begin to have the heart of God. It's not natural for us to be burdened for others. It's natural for us to be burdened for ourselves, is it not? You see this from the time like my little boy Reed, he's almost 18 months. He can be burdened for himself. Like if he doesn't get what he wants when he wants it, everybody knows. He already bites. 
Like I get, call, Susan calls me like once a week now. She's like, hey, um, read bit again. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, what do you, I don't even know what, spank him. I don't know. But if he doesn't get it, he just like, huh? He understands. We understand when, when, when we don't get what we want, man, we can get burdened really easy. But when we begin to look out of ourselves and we begin to look at other people, that is something that comes from God. God begins to burden our heart. God had burdened Nehemiah's heart to go and begin to do the things that, uh, that he had called him to do, to build the wall, to begin to rebuild the city, to get it ready because God was going to bring his people back. He was going to raise them back up. This is something I want you to understand. We never grow closer to God and care less for people. It is spiritually impossible. We will not grow closer to God and care less for people. I would also say this, if we don't care about other people and we don't know God's burden, then we probably don't know God. The reality of it is that if we know him, his spirit is in us, we will continually grow more and more like him that means our heart becomes more and more shaped like his so that we begin to care more and more for the things that he cares about this is what i'd say if we don't have that burden then ask him talk to him tell him god i don't i don't i don't care i don't care about anybody but myself just be honest And just say, Lord, I don't. God, give me your eyes so that I can see the way you see. Give me your eyes so that that I can can see the, the families that are broken and that need your healing love. Give me your eyes so that I can, I can see the marriages around me that are falling apart. My, my friends who, who maybe they act like they've got it all together, but they don't, that I can speak a word of encouragement. Give me eyes to see the children that need your love and your grace and your mercy in their life who have no one to speak encouraging words into their life. Give me eyes to see those things and give me courage to step out and do something about it. Give me eyes to see the teenagers who they're giving away their lives, they're giving away their purity because they're trying to find physical things to fill a spiritual void. Give me eyes to see those things. Help me to see like you see, Lord. Burden my heart. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Help me to feel what you feel. Help me to see what you see, Lord. Just ask him. Just ask him. Say, God, change my heart. Make it more like yours. Help me to see like you see. What's amazing is I watch Susan all the time, and I see Susan with our children. And I see this incredible burden she has for our kids. Like sometimes it's a burden that probably wants to kill them. But most of the time it's a burden of love. And, and I see like this heart that just wants to care for them, that wants to take care of them. And, and like literally if I were her, I know, I mean like Mother's Day, praise God for mothers because I know that my head would literally rotate off my body. Because there's times when they don't want anybody but mama. Like read at night, man. Our 18 month when he wakes up, it's like, Mama, Mama. I'm like, he's calling you, honey. You better answer that call. It's Mama. 
And I see, but I see this love and this burden, this care that, that, that she's like got him on her hip like 24-7. It's incredible. I'm like, how does she even do that? I would go bonkers. I would go bananas. I would lose my mind. And yet this burden that she loves these kids so much, she literally is laying down her life day after day to raise them up. I'm left to fend for myself. I'm just kidding. I'm not. But an awesome mother, an awesome wife taking care of children. And I thought about how much she loves them and how that leads her to care for them. And then I thought about this. How crazy is it to think about the love of God that he has for us, that he would send his son to die for us. And the ones that we love so much that we would do anything to protect, God says, I love you so much that I'm going to send that one to earth to bear your sin, to bear your guilt, to to be, be made imperfect so that you can become perfect, to be made unclean so that you can be clean. That blows my mind. Did y'all get that? I mean, does that make sense? Like that the ones we want to protect, that we love so much, we would lay down our lives for. That's the one that God said, I'll give him up because I'm gonna bridge a gap between you and me. That is the burden that God has for people. That's the same burden that God desires to give to us. When we connect to God in prayer, he begins to burden our heart for other people. It will push us past being tired. It will push us past our selfishness. It will push us past our entitlement when we begin to be burdened for others the way that God has been burdened for us. We'll begin to move. We'll begin to feel the way that God feels. We need to understand that through prayer, God does give us this burden for other people. The second thing that I'll tell you is this, that that burden will drive us to God. It's kind of interesting that the burden comes from God, but then that burden turns and we begin to be driven to God. Isn't that exactly what happened with Nehemiah? Nehemiah felt this burden. And then, listen, he realized that the only one who can resolve this is God. He realized that God's not just the source of why I feel what I feel and my heart goes out and my heart says, let's do something. But God is also the solution that solves this problem. He's the only one that can move the heart of a Persian king to let me leave this Babylonian city and go back to Jerusalem to rebuild this city. He's the only one who can move in the heart of a Persian king so that he'll give me all the supplies to go back and do this. He's the only one who can move in the heart of a Persian king so that he'll actually give me letters of protection so that I'm protected all the way to Jerusalem to do this great work. He recognized this burden is too great for me. I've got to give it to him and ask him to do something about it and this is the thing guys when God puts his burden on our heart when he calls us to do something listen if it's something that we can do in our own strength it probably is not from God God calls us to do things that are bigger that are that are that are broader that are more more difficult that 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 we can't accomplish on our own He calls Nehemiah to do this and Nehemiah immediately goes to God and he weeps and he's like, God, move on behalf of your people. God, please do something. Does our heart break like that for the lost and the hurting that we would cry out to God, literally saying, God, do something on behalf of your people. If not, then there's something wrong with our heart and the one who can fix it is Jesus. Because I know this, he longs for us to care for what he cares for 
for us to feel what he feels, to see what he sees. And when we begin to connect with him, we begin to know him. When we begin to, to be in touch with him, he begins to shape and mold our heart in that way. And then we carry it back to him and we say, God, God, you got to do something. You got to do something. It's funny, Nehemiah, he knew what he was supposed to do. But the funny thing is, the first thing he did was not to go out and start laying bricks. I mean, that seems like the most logical thing. The walls are down, Nehemiah, the gates are burned with fire. Okay, we need bricks, get bricks. Isn't that our first, like if you're like me, type A, you see a problem, you fix a problem. Susan calls, she's all distraught. Read bit, I'm like spanking. Just fix the problem, right? Or, or whatever it is. And man, we just want to go straight to the solution. Here's, here's the problem, this, here's that. And she's like, well, I just want to talk about it. I'm like, let's just fix it. Let's just fix it. I got the solution. But isn't it cool? Nehemiah didn't do that. The first thing he did, there needs to be a wall built. God, you got to do this. He turned to God. He went to God. He prayed to God. He took it to the one that could do something about it. The other day, or it's actually been a few weeks ago now, Susan and uh, her sister and, and the kids, they all went down to Tybee on their spring break. And they spent a couple of days down in Tybee. And I was going down to the hospital to visit somebody down there. So I said, hey, uh, I want y'all meet me. Um, I think it's a place called Crab Trap Shack one of those crab places. And I said, why don't you meet me there? We'll eat dinner and I'll come back home. So I go and meet for the first time in 36 years, I ate crab legs. First time in 36 years. You ever like had something built up in your mind and it was like, this is going to be awesome. And then you did it and you're like, what's the big deal? That's how I felt. I was like, if I wanted a workout, I'd go to the gym. Yeah. See some, I got some other crab lovers. I was like, if I wanted to work out, and, and first of all, I didn't even know how to get into them. I was like, I had like, I thought it was like a, a nutcracker. You know what I'm saying? I had this thing and I got these crab legs and I had to ask my sister and I was like, how do you eat these things? She's like, well, just bust them open. And I bust them open and I finally get them. And then there's like this little bitty piece of meat, not even as big as my pinky sticking out. And I'm like, what do I do with that? She's like, suck it out. And I'm like, and I was like, now what? She's like, that's pretty much it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I didn't even know how to eat them. I was like, I was so disappointed. I was like, this is too much work. I was like, anybody want these? I, di- I didn't even want to do it. And I thought about, you know, sometimes, man, that's, that's kind of how we feel about prayer. Is we come to prayer and we look at it and we're like, I don't even know how to get into this. Right? We come to prayer and we're like, man, how do I talk to the God of the universe? But here's the funny thing. I was hungry enough that I figured out how to get into those crab legs. I was hungry enough that it didn't matter to me if I did it correctly, if I got it exactly the way everybody else did it, I just knew there's some meat in there and I'm going to get it, right? And I think if we would look at prayer that way, if we would realize it's a whole lot more simple than what we made it and we don't have to pray just like everybody else pray, that all we've really got to do is go, there's some meat in there. I want to know God. I want to hear his voice. I want him to change my heart. I want him to speak into my life. Whatever it takes, 
I'm going to go to him in prayer. I might not get it all right. It might not all be perfect, but I'm going to talk to my heavenly father. It might not look like everybody else's, but Jesus paid a price to build a bridge from me to God who is perfect and I am not. I'm going to take advantage of it. I know this. So many times we complicate the process way more than we need to complicate the process. Remember last week I told you we don't ever need to take it for granted, but we also, we don't need to overcomplicate it. It's like eating crab legs, man. Get in there. Whatever you got to do, just get in there. And if you don't get it right, listen, God's big enough to take that. He's big enough to shape that, but get in there and eat. God's given you this spiritual buffet that you can come to, that you can come and pull a chair up to and eat. Go eat. Don't worry about how everybody else is doing it. If you get a little grease and butter dripping down your elbows, it's all right. If it spills over in your life, it's okay. Just pray. Just start talking to God. I want to illustrate a little bit of just how simple this is. So I've enlisted the help of a couple of, of, uh, of folks. I, th- I hope they're going to come up. I pulled a couple out of Connection Kids this morning. If they'll come on up here, they're going to help me out. Got them a microphone. It's a tiny mic just for, just for them. This is the very lovely Avery Wiggins and the infamous Dake Williams. Yes. And so this is what we're going to do. So many times the process becomes so complicated when we're going to God. It's like, how do I pray? And we think we hear people pray and they're like, oh, how great thou art, O thine father above. And we're like, I don't even know what they're saying. How do I pray like that? And all it is, is us talking to our heavenly father. And Jesus gave us this model prayer. And I don't believe he gave it to us just so that we have to pray exactly like this. I believe he gave it to us to make it simple. The context of him giving us this prayer is that he says, listen, don't pray like the pagans. They say all these words. That's not what it's about. All you need to do is say this, look, do this. And then he gives them this very simple prayer. So I pulled a couple of our Connection Kids folks out. They're going to help me read this prayer. We're going to talk about it a little bit as they read it. So this is in Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9. Go ahead, Miss Avery. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus says, listen, first, just recognize who God is. Just recognize the greatness of God. That's what we talked about last week. Recognize the greatness of who God is. Go to him. He said, hallowed be your name. Honor him as holy. Set him apart as holy. Recognize that he is up here. You're down here. And that Jesus has built an incredible bridge that takes us from from here to there. He says, just recognize who he is. Okay, Dave. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says, listen, just come to say, listen, God, your will be done, not mine. Lay your will down. Say, God, this is about you. This isn't about me. I want to see your will be done in my life. So you're great, God. Now do your will through me. I lay my life down for you. Avery. Give us this day our daily bread. Then he says, listen, tell him what you need. Share your heart with him. He already knows it's not about information. It's about whether or not you'll trust him with the things you need, 
Will you take it to him? Will you share your thoughts? Will you share your anxieties, your worries, your sorrows? Will you share your joys? Will you share everything? Because this is what I know, people. And listen, there are people in here today who are carrying burdens that aren't from God. They are things that are weighing you down. And Jesus has already told us that if we'll come to him, those who are weary, who are heavy laden, that he will give us rest, that, that we can take his yoke upon him, that we can link up with him and that we can find rest in him. And we take and just say, God, I'm going to be honest with you. This is, this is driving me insane, God. I'm worried. I'm anxious. Or God, I'm so full of joy right now because of what you've done in my life. And just coming to him and being honest and sharing our needs, trusting him to meet every one of those needs. They... Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. It's recognizing that we're sinners. Like God, forgive us. And in the same way, give us strength to forgive others. Don't let me walk in bitterness. So we recognize the greatness of God. We lay our life down for his will and for his kingdom. We tell him what we need. We, we, we ask him, God, these are the things that are in my heart that I feel like I need. That I feel like, God, they're just weighing me down. Lord, here they are. I pray that you'll meet those needs. God, I'm trusting you for every bit of my provision and we say, God, forgive me. I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short. Forgive me, Lord, just as I'll forgive those who've sinned against me. And when you struggle with that, listen, forgiving people is not easy. But God would not ask us to do something that he would not give us the strength and the power to do. Okay, Avery. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then we pray that in the power of God, we continue to walk in his way, that he would make our path straight, that he would guide us, that he would strengthen us, that the power of his Holy Spirit would, would lead us and that we would be obedient, not to turn to the right or to the left, but that we would follow his ways, that his word would truly be a lamp unto our feet and that we would walk in the ways that he walks. It's just recognizing who he is, laying down our will that his will would be done. And we just talk to him in honesty. We share our, our needs, the things that are on our heart. We ask for forgiveness. We ask that he would be with us. We ask that he would lead us down straight paths. And we would be obedient to follow him. It's simple. Nine-year-olds, y'all get that? You get that? Oh, let's give them a hand. That's awesome. I think, I think they got one more thing they wanted to say. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Thank you guys. That's awesome. Appreciate them having the courage to stand up and do that. That's, that's really, really, really cool. So I think did it, Dake did it so he could stay in here today. But either way, he did it. Um, but, but we just come to God. It's the simplicity. But go to God. Go to the Lord. Carry your burden. When, when he places the burden in your heart for other people, carry it to him. Asking him, God, please do something. Use me, God. Here I am. Do something in and through me, God, that otherwise couldn't be done. I believe this, that we are a poor excuse for a church if we don't have a burden from God. But I believe that we are the epitome of arrogance if we think that that burden can be resolved apart from connecting the world to God through prayer. We can't do it on our own, but
but God does things that we can't do. The last one is this, and this is what we see with Nehemiah, is that his burden led him to action. His burden led him to action. He, he goes and he begins to do exactly what God tells him to do. Nehemiah's burden drove him to God, but God drove him to action. He began to move and do what God had put in his heart. He went and he began to move, the, build the walls and began to put those walls in place. He, he fought through great opposition. If you ever want to read an incredible book of the Bible, you need to read Nehemiah. He fought through incredible opposition. He fought against all odds and he ends up completing this task that could not have been done, one, without the burden of God. Two, if he had not gone to God for strength and provision and, and the ability to be able to accomplish this task. But three, if he had not been moved to action. There's a story I love in the book of Joshua. It's where Joshua and the Israelites have crossed over into the promised land. They've gone into Canaan. And the first city they come to is, is, is the city of Jericho. Remember that story, right? They go in and, and they're, they're, they're about to take out the city of Jericho. And it was the most messed up battle plan in the history of the world. Y'all are going to march around the city seven times, blow trumpets, shout, and the walls are going to fall down. I'll put them into this hysteria. They'll kill each other. Y'all have the city. Didn't even make sense. But they were obedient and they did it. And God gave them a great victory over a great city. But then they come to this little city and the name of the city was I. It should have been a great victory, an easy victory. They should have walked through and plowed over these people. But when God told them to go in and take Jericho, he gave them a command. He said, don't take any of the dedicated things. In other words, don't take any of their idols, any of their items of worship. Don't take any of those things. But there was one man who decided, I think I'll get some. His name was Achan. And he takes some of these devoted things and he, he takes them with him and he's storing them away. And the Bible tells us that he goes and when they go to fight Ai, they go and they scout it out and they look at it and they're like, listen, we don't even have to send the whole army. We're going to whip them like nothing. They go in and they suffer this terrible defeat. And they're like, what in the world? And so Joshua's distraught and, and they don't know what's going on. They don't realize that Achan sin is what's caused this, that, that it's because they haven't gotten rid of these detestable things that have caused this. And this incredible verse in Joshua chapter seven, beginning in verse 10, Joshua's on his face praying. Does that not make sense? Isn't that the thing that you would do if you just suffered a defeat from somebody that you should have just wiped out and you're struggling and you're wondering, God, what's going on? Wouldn't it make sense that you hit your knees, you get on your face, you begin to cry out to God, God, do something, God, help us. And he begins to pray. But this is what God says. The Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? At that point, I'd be pretty confused because I'd be like, God, I'm praying to you. I'm asking you to do something in my life, in, in the lives of these people. And then God goes, no, Joshua, listen, you've done, that's, that's good. That's, that's long enough. There comes a point when you need to pray on the way to go do what God called you to do. And God says, get up, go into the camp, get rid of the detestable things and let's move forward. And there comes a point in our prayer life when our prayer, if we are connected to the heart of God, our prayer is going to lead us to action. 
Prayer that does not lead us to action and to doing something for the lost and the hurting people of this world, for God's people in this world, is prayer that is not connecting us to the heart of God. Because it is impossible for us to be connected to Jesus, for us to be connected to the God who sent Jesus to to be our um, atonement for sin, to be our forgiveness for sin. It is impossible for us to know him and to have his heart to be saved and not go into the world and begin to do whatever God tells us to do in order to reach those people, to heal the hurting, to allow the lost to find hope in Jesus. Prayer, when we're connected to the heart of God, always leads us to action. I want you to understand, prayer's always been a big part of this church. So like I said, this church was birthed out of prayer. God put this burden on my heart through prayer. We've always prayed. We've always put priority on prayer. But, but we have really been led lately in the last few months to really even increase that more, to really just be praying. And one of the things that has been awesome to see is since we started that um, prayer email, that when you send in a prayer, um, to a prayer request to prayer at connection-church.com, man, it comes to my phone, it goes to our staff phone, it goes to all our prayer um, team people, it goes to other folks who have said, listen, I'll keep this confidential and I promise I'll pray. Like we don't send it to people if they're not gonna pray, right? It's not a gossip line, it's prayer line. It's what we send out so that, that people can be prayed for, that, that their needs can, can be lifted up to the God of, 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 of all of us, the, the King of kings and Lord of us, so that we can get that to him. And listen, we have been doing this for, for a couple of months, and I've been blown away by the way God has been answering prayers. Listen, when we are intentional with our prayers, God is faithful to answer and to do things that blow our minds. One of those things that we did a few weeks ago was we had Jesus in the service say God who is somebody that I should pray for that they don't know you Lord that they don't they they they, they're far from you and they need to know you Jesus and and I'm gonna get off the stage right here I hope you can see me I'm kind of short but um but we we had you come down and take a sticky note and you took a sticky note and you wrote a name on the sticky note and then we had you stick it on these boards as you left We kept those. We told you we were going to be praying for those, and we have. And this is what's awesome, man. This is what's so cool is last week we had two people whose names have been put on this board that people would be praying for come to know Christ. Is that not awesome? See, God moved. He just blew that thing slap off the easel. See, Dake had a burden on his heart to come and to put this thing back up. But this is what we're going to do. We'll, we'll take care of it in a second, bud. That boy, good job. But, but two people that we prayed for, that you guys have been praying for, that we wrote down their names, who came to know Christ. Prayer is powerful and prayer is effective. And prayer works. Listen, God answers prayer. When we have a burden for what burdens God's heart, when we pray that God would bring those who are far from him to him, he answers those prayers. That's what he does. That's how God works. Today, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask God that he would burden our hearts for the lost 
You look around you, I know a lot of the students have gone home. There's a lot of seats in here, but I want you to know every seat in this room represents somebody that's empty, represents somebody who is far from God, who needs to know him. You know how they're going to get here? When we have a burden to invite them. When we have a burden to ask. When we have a burden in our heart that says, you know what, I'm going to push past the awkwardness. I'm going to push past the uneasiness. And I'm just going to ask. And there's a difference in inviting and bringing, Right? Talked to a guy the other day, he was like, and, and uh, me and another friend of mine were talking to him, and, and we were like, hey, you want to come to church? He's like, yeah, but you're going to have to come get me. I probably won't do it on my own. We're like, we can do that. We're like, let's go get him. There's a difference in bringing and inviting. Grab somebody, bring them in here to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, if we really believe what we say we believe, how can we put our head on a, our pillow at night knowing we're not doing everything we can do to reach the lost? So I'm going to pray and ask God that he would give us this great and incredible burden for the lost people in this community and in this world. God, thank you so much for who you are, what you do, how you do it, Lord. Thank you, God, that you move in our hearts, that you move in our lives, God, that you do incredible things. Lord, God, I, I just pray that we would have such a great burden for the lost that we would have such a great burden for the hurting that we would have such a great burden god because we have your heart but god we couldn't help but go to the lost that we couldn't help but go to the hurting jesus do an awesome work in us god change our hearts help us lord to do everything you've created us to do lord i pray that when we sense that when we begin to see that what you see and feel what you feel, that we would bring it to you. That we would trust you to do through us what we can't do on our own. That we would look to you to rebuild this city, to rebuild your kingdom. God, that we would be moved to action as you lead us. God, we thank you and we love you and we praise you. God, you worthy of praise. Thank you for salvation that we have. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, as we're going to sing one last song. It's called Lead Me to the Cross. And, you know, Jesus had such an incredible burden for us that he went to the cross, that he died a criminal's death. And as we sing this song, listen, this is what I want to ask you is if you have that burden for other people, if God is opening your eyes and moving you by the power of his spirit to be used by him to reach the lost, to be his instrument in his hand that leads people who are far from him to him. This is what I want to ask you to do. During this song, we're going to have these boards up. These are the ones that we wrote down weeks ago. I'm going to ask you to come down and take one of those. Take two. And I want you to put that somewhere, that sticky note on your dash, on your mirror, somewhere, so that you can begin to pray for that person. Listen, I know you probably don't know them. But that was a burden that was on somebody's heart that they would come to know Jesus. And we're going to share one another's burdens. We're going to walk with one another. We're going to pray and believe with that other person 
that God is going to draw them to himself. He's going to connect them to himself. Listen, if you're here and you don't know Christ and you know that today God has been drawing you to him, you know he's knocking on the door of your heart and you today want to establish a relationship with him and trust in him as your savior, trust in him as as the one who gives you the righteousness that you can't earn. While we're playing this song, you can slip out over here. Our prayer team, that will have folks to meet you right outside the doors, right here to my left, your right. They'll pray with you. They'll be here there for you. They'll help you take your next steps and celebrate the fact that you've given your life to Jesus and that he's now your Lord and Savior and that you've crossed over from death to life in Jesus. For the rest of us, as we play this song, come up here, listen. Let's make sure there's not any names left on these boards. If we don't have a burden to reach these people and to reach this community, let's close the doors today. And I mean that with everything in me. But I believe this. I believe there is a burden in our heart. I believe God has done something in our lives that causes us to say, God, use us to reach those who are far from you. The worship team's gonna lead us. We're gonna come. We're gonna take a name. And we're gonna be praying for them, inviting them, investing in them through prayer so that they would come to know Jesus the way we have.